Hello everyone, I'm Corey and we're talking manpower. Today I've got a very special guest with me. I've got Miss Ellen Helmerson. She's the Deputy Chief of Staff G8 at the United States Army Training and Doctorate Command. Miss Helmerson, thank you very much for being here. I appreciate oh, it. My pleasure. So could you explain to me a little bit about your role um, here at the G8 at TRADOC? Right, so I serve as the Deputy Chief of Staff G8 at TRADOC, um, which is a Tier 2 Senior Executive Service position. So for the Training and Doctrine Command, I serve as their Chief Financial Officer. So anything to do with money, with acquisition, with manpower, with finances, with accounting, budgeted programming, I'm responsible for advising the commanding general, deputy commanding general, and all our commanders in the field. I also serve as a senior acquisition executive, so oversee all of the contract actions within the command, which is about half of our budget. Um, I serve as a senior force manager. Um, in the manpower and force management domain, so kind of a broad spectrum um, that requires not just the financial management, controllership, manpower acquisition knowledge, but really requires kind of mission understanding, functional understanding, workload understanding across the domains that um, TRADOC has work in. So how do you specifically, um, as DGA, use manpower force managers here? Okay, so um, in TRADOC, we, we're kind of unique because we are, most of the generating force falls in TRADOC. So about 14,000 civilians, 35,000 military, all in the generating force. So how we determine our manpower requirements, how we resource those requirements, how we modify those requirements are very important to the training and doctrine command because one of our biggest issues is training. And those training loads change every year and we require our manpower and force managers to be able to articulate do I need more drill sergeants? Do I need more instructors? Do I need more support personnel in order to get the work done? So they have a key role in determining our requirements and in determining how we're going to leverage our resources and how we're going to kind of maximize um, our workforce planning out there between military, civilian, and, and looking at outsourcing and insourcing um, for contracts. So with the current downsizing environment, how do you bring together the dollars and manpower to keep TRADOC's structure in balance? Well, we do it through collaboration because we can't do it in isolation. So although we have about an $8 billion budget that we're responsible for, which includes all the military pay, we can't determine the best ways to utilize that resource unless we have our manpower and our programming and our budgeting all working together to kind of look at options to optimize the use of those resources to help us predict what we're going to need in FY18 or what we're going to need in FY19 to 23 in our POM. We don't do that in isolation. We have to do it collectively. So manpower force managers can give us insight into organizational design. They can give us insight into the planning that's going on for total army analysis that can affect the path we take in our, um, in our programming and in our, um, in our POM submission. They help us look at what I need next year to give to my centers in terms of resources from a manpower perspective and where we have options to maybe do things differently, to offset some civilian reductions with military, um, to look at downsizing our civilians um, innovatively. Um, one of the things that we do in the command is instead of just saying, hey, 
you have all your FY17 authorizations in 17, we actually give them a target of 18 and say, you need to work towards that 18 target, and that's the money I'm going to give you. And that's kind of where our manpower guys give us good insight on where that's going to work and where that's not going to work. Give them kind of a roadmap ahead of time so they don't have to yeah. hair on fire last minute exactly. making these decisions. They can kind of plan and right. be organized. It doesn't become them. a personnel challenge with RIFs, but you actually are looking out towards the future and saying, this is where I need to start to transition towards. So is there um, some sort of special considerations or challenges in keeping resources in balance here at Tradoc? I think every command has that. You know, knowing what your resources are going to be the next year and knowing how to articulate and defend the resources you're going to need in the future. Almost every year it's kind of like we've got to figure out what we have, we've got to figure out what our um, largest priorities are and how we resource those priorities. You know, a good example is right now, um, you know, back in March we did our mid-year review for money. And we still have not gotten any money for mid-year. And we are now within six weeks of being at the end of the year. And so, you know, how do you make good, deliberate decisions that are priority decisions that you must do this year? Um, and so, you know, the insights we get from the manpower community and the insights we get from the budget community help us make those determinations. And they help us balance those resources and balance the requirements and needs, right, and the highest priority needs to those resources that we have available. And I think that's basically, you know, end of the year what we're trying to do. And if we don't need the resources or they're not a high priority, then we need to be turning those into the department where every dollar counts and they need mm -hmm. to be able to use those resources for other purposes. So a uh, big challenge right now. So what are some of the unique benefits and challenges of doing manpower force management at TRADOC? Yeah, so, um, you know, many years ago, I was the chief of manpower at TRADOC, and um, the best job in the Army. That was always my dream job when I was an intern and after I was an intern, and, and now Ms. Anthony has that job. But I think, the, I think there are some challenges, and the challenges are that we're getting smaller, right? So our Army is getting smaller in terms of force structure. We're getting more tight in terms of manpower, which means our civilian corps is getting smaller. But our missions aren't changing at the same rate. And so how do we make good, deliberate mission decisions um, that will help us affect our manpower needs. You know, at the time we're, you know, instead of saying, hey, I'm going to come down 100 military, now I'm going to figure out a way to do it, let's figure out what we could be doing differently or what missions maybe need to be um, eliminated or what are some different ways to get that work. And I think that's our biggest challenge with manpower right now is getting the best utilization out of those resources, putting the right talent and whether it's a million or mil, uh, military or civilian determination, whether it's a grade determination or a series determination, our manpower guys give us that expertise. So maybe I don't need as many um, officers in uh, training um, or uh, in instructor training, but maybe I need a different type of officer. Um, so, or maybe I need a different grade of officer, and I can do it with less. Than. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of you know where we have to be a little innovative and not just like build the documents and do those kind of things. Is really help our commanders find ways and means leveraging manpower to do that. So I think that's a, one of our biggest challenges. Being as innovative as possible kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I think we just have to look at it other than saying, hey, no, that's not on your TDA. You can't do it. Right. No, let's figure out what you can do and what flexibilities you have and how you work with the personnel community in order to ensure fill from the military or you know, ability to assess from the civilian side. And how do I help inform the budget community so I make sure I have the right resources or I have methods to transition resources. Maybe I need some extra for a year, but I don't need it after that. So do I really need to give them authorizations or can I use that authorization for something else and just have the money to pay for it? So I think that's kind of a challenge that 
um, is really important that our manpower guys are working closely with our budget guys and our programmers. What do we need in the future? How do we defend it? You know, a big part of our resources is in labor, and it's in civilian labor, and it's in contract labor. So how do we make sure that we're defending those capabilities, articulating what the risk is if we don't have it? And so it's really key that our manpower guys are part of that whole process. path. And until then, have a great Army Day.